Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more. From the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Howdy. How we doing out there? Thanks for letting us be with you. We appreciate it. Hour number two, Tutel and Nuanez. Outstanding afternoon to you. If you missed anything in the first hour, you can check it out on the podcast. The Tutel and Nuanez podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts. Available all the time. It's just that simple. Go check it out, rate, review, subscribe. We appreciate all of that. The podcast available thanks to Blackfoot and Alpine Touch. Uh, it is time now for our senior spotlight each Thursday. We've been trying to uh, highlight uh, somebody, uh, an, an athlete, one of the outstanding athletes around the state of Montana who has uh, had maybe a season cut short, maybe a season that didn't happen given everything that took place. And, uh, and uh, you know, Bring them in and uh, give them a, a radio hug, right? That's what we're trying to do around here. <laughs> Our Senior Spotlight is brought to us by Blaine McElmurray, McElmurray Homes, and Mike Nugent of Berkshire Hathaway Real Estate. And this week, we are very happy to uh, go to the Rangers Brothers RV phone line and welcome in Kendall Keller, who played uh, her high school career at Haver for the Blue Ponies, was an outstanding player there, the Montana Gatorade of the uh, Player of the Year. She was a two-time All-Tournament MVP in the state tournament and is a soon-to-be Montana Lady Grizz. Kendall, thank you so much much for being with us how are you 
I'm great. How are you? Doing doing great ourselves. Thank you very much. We appreciate you joining us here. And Kendall, let's talk a little bit about your time playing in Haver. Haver is such an outstanding high school sports, uh, you know, high school and community, and they really rally for it in the Blue Ponies and all that. Well, now that you're now that it's over and you're kind of looking back at this in retrospect, what do you think about the opportunity to just play and be a prolific basketball player there uh, in Haver, Montana? Oh, looking back, I just, I'm so thankful to have grown up in such a great community and Haver High and Haver Public Schools treated me so well and um, the community comes out, shows their love and support. Um, the fans are great and it's just, it's been a blast and uh, while you're in the moment, you kind of take it for granted, you know, and then when you get a chance to finally sit down and think about it it's pretty cool it's been an awesome experience so Hey, Kendall Coulter Nuanas here. Thanks so much for uh, communicating with me, setting this up, and jumping on the show. We're happy to have you. But t- talk about the success that you guys were able to have at Haver. I think that when it was all said and done, something like 67-3, and three, your overall record over the last three seasons, knocking on the door of three straight state championships. I know that kind of got taken away from you at, with the way it all ended. Uh, but still, what are your great memories from your time at, at Haver? And how were you guys able to have so much success? What were the keys to being able to dominate at the level you guys did? Um, definitely the kids or all the girls I played with had such a, um, great work ethic and our coaches too. Um, our coaches put in just as much time as the players. And another thing is, is all of us, um, bonded together and really hung out together and we all enjoyed it. We had fun. We loved to win. None of us liked to lose. So we wanted to be in the gym practicing In the summers, we'd um, have open gyms and travel around and play games, and it was just really fun. And a big thing is is we did not like to lose, so we would uh, try to figure out any way possible to win, and um, it just, it all paid off. It really did, and a huge thank you to our coaches because without them, we really couldn't have done it, so. You mentioned the coaching staff. I mean, Dustin Kraske has one of the best reputations in the entire state of Montana as a basketball coach of boys or girls. He's had so much success in his 13 years there at Haver. What goes into that, though? I mean, what makes Coach Kraske such a a great motivator of young people? He's just, he really is something special. I don't know what it is about him exactly. There's a lot. He's very, he's a great guy. He's awesome. Um, I love him. He's very motivating he gets on us he makes us work hard he has fun with us um he likes to crack jokes with us and another thing about him is he cares just as much about us as a basketball player as he does in our everyday lives you know he's checking up on us weekly he calls texts um whatever it is how's school going is there anything i can do for you you know he he truly cares about his players and um, he wants to make each one of them very successful, not just in basketball, but in life. So I think that's what makes him so special. Kendall Keller joining us. She is our senior spotlight out of Haver, Montana, going to be playing basketball for the Montana Lady Grizz at the UM. And, you know, Kendall, you, you won a couple state championships. You had just such an unbelievable career. And yet at the end, 
your senior season, you don't get to complete it. I know that's got to be you know tremendously frustrating, sad, all of that stuff. Even though you were so successful and have state championships to show for your time at Haver, what was it like you know to 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 say, oh, okay, so now I guess I guess we're done now. That's got to be kind of kind of odd, right? Yeah, it was really weird. It really didn't sink in, you know. Um, we just got done playing uh, Billing Central on the state semifinals, and then right after that, they announced it, and, you know, it kind of, you just stop and think, and you're like, wow, this is really it, but it doesn't really hit you. And so I think it took a while um, for it to actually hit me. It was a really weird feeling. It was just like, wow, that, that's it, I guess, I'm done. Um never going to play for Haver again, but I mean, I don't know. It's a weird experience not finishing the season. I've never had that happen to me before, and I'm a senior, so it's really... I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Yeah, well, it is. I mean, in sports some sort of finality is is the point of almost everything that you do whether you know if it's you know maybe you don't make a postseason depending on what teams you're playing for maybe you make it and you go on a big run and you lose somewhere along the way or maybe you win the whole thing but also as a senior there's so many moments of punctuation to your life right when you talk about school and finishing that up and having your you know your last day of this class your last time with this teacher your last lunch with these you know group of friends or whatever and all that kind of stuff just sort of abruptly and anticlimactically ended and i would think again i mean that that not just the basketball side of it but all of it is sort of sort of odd but now that it's over what do you what do you do you did you get a chance to maybe reconvene with some of your classmates, maybe some of your teammates, and sort of have maybe some sort of final moment of some sort? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, you know, during March and April and May, it was weird. Um, even parts of June, just I would think about it, and I wanted to go back to school. I wanted to go see everybody, but I just accepted that it is what it is. And then this summer, you know, I graduation, I got to see my friends and um, graduation was different. It wasn't a normal graduation, but we all got to see each other again. And that was really nice. And that helped with closure. And then just seeing kids around in the summer and my friends that are younger than me, they're still in high school. Um, I've seen them and talked to them a little bit. And um, I guess it's kind of hit me. And I think when I leave and go off to college, it'll really hit me. But um, I've had some closure. Yes. Well, that's good. I, uh, I think that's important. I'm glad at least there's some of that in this very odd time. Kendall Keller joining us, senior spotlight. Uh, she is uh, from Haver High School, going to play basketball for uh, Mike Petrino at the Montana Lady Grizz. Our senior spotlight brought to us in part by Berkshire Hathaway and Mike Nugent there. Mike Nugent prides himself on providing the communities in western Montana with full-time real estate professionals. They are here for you whenever you need them. Their reputation they're of the state. They're the most knowledgeable and available real estate group. They've helped build unmatched trust in the Garden City and around the Treasure State. Again, Mike Nugent from Berkshire, Berkshire Hathaway knows buying and selling is a huge decision. Any questions you have, big or small, get with Mike Nugent at Berkshire. He'll answer your questions with your best interests in mind. Every question is good to ask. BerkshireHathaway.com. Coulter, go ahead. Coulter, during this time where we got to be a little bit socially distanced, it's nice to know we can get out on the links and play a little bit of golf. And nobody better than Western Birch to get your round started right. 
That's right, golf's been definitely one of my favorite pastimes during quarantine times. It has recently landed my new Western Birch customized golf tees. Go check out Western Birch golf tees at westernbirch.com. These classy golf tees are made of 100% white birch hardwood and printed with high-quality color right here in the United States. A company founded right here in Montana. These durable wood golf tees, perfect way for you to market your business. Just think, anytime you break a tee, your brand is sitting on the tee box forever. You can hand them out to your clients, your buddies, your golf partners, whoever. Great way to earn top of mind awareness while also playing a sport we all love. Again, you can check out all the cool designs online at westernbirch.com. Add your logo on a thousand of any of their tees for $150 delivered to your door. Give them to clients, friends, watch them get impressed by the quality of the look of a simple golf tee and by your creativity. Give Western Birch the opportunity to show you what they're talking about. Email and ask for Chad at info at westernbirch.com, info at westernbirch.com, or follow on Instagram and Facebook, westernbirch.com. Kendall, I mean, as one chapter closes, another chapter opens, though, and it must be very uh, a sense of optimism for you, the fact that you do get to continue playing basketball. So take us through just what it was like going through the recruiting process. I'm, I'm sure you had plenty of interest from all around the state of Montana and beyond, but you have big-time Lady Grizz ties with two aunts that played for Montana. So when you were getting recruited initially, what was that experience like, and what what sort of went into your decision to become a Lady Grizz? Um, the recruiting process is really cool, actually, and it's exciting, but it's also really nerve-wracking. and um, it, It's kind of weird because... Um, you're still in high school when you're getting recruited. And so you feel like college is never going to get there and it's going to take forever. And then finally it gets there. But the recruiting process for me was really good. And um, I was really excited. And, um, you know, U of M has just been the place where I've wanted to go since I've been little. I've just really admired the Lady Grizz basketball program and um, just everything about it and their tradition there. So I've always wanted to go there. So, when they started talking to me, I was just, that's where I'm going. I, I know it. That's where I'm going, you know. And um, But it was weird because it doesn't feel real, you know, until it finally happens. And um, it's all starting to finally happen and set in. And so it's just super exciting, and it's a big step and going to be a big change in my life. So I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, we know you have the family ties and that, that, that the program is really kind of what you're looking at, but also from the time that you committed to this point, there's been a coaching change, obviously, for the Lady Grizz, and now Coach Petrino has taken that over. And what, what kind of conversations did you have with him, you know, where you say, yeah, I, you know, this is what I, I want to follow through on this. This is still where I want to go play ball. Yeah, so I'm, I like to follow through um, with my commitments, you know, and um, – I talked to Mike and I told him, you know, this is still where I'm going. I'm still going to be a hundred percent fully committed to you guys. And, um, I'm still excited, you know, um, I'm excited to see, uh, what the future holds. And that's pretty much it. I mean, sometimes unfortunate things happen, but we just have to, um, focus on what's to come. Variety of girls from around the state of Montana, part of your recruiting class as well. So, have you got a chance to reach out to any of those girls? Do you have any experiences playing with any of the other incoming freshmen that are from around the state? Yeah. So, um, 
Carson Murphy. She's from Glendive, and I've played against her several times. They were in our conference this year, actually, for basketball, and I talked to her because she's going to be my roommate. And then um, You're going to be able so to get along with her even <laughs> though you were going head-to-head on the basketball court all through high school? It's okay? You think that's an okay thing to room with this person? <laughs> You know, I hope so. I guess we'll find out. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Sorry. Please continue. No, you're okay. And then um, Jonel Momberg, she's from, well, she was from Box Elder and moved to um, Spokane. But I've, I've grown up playing basketball with her. Um, I've played against her when we were little, and I've talked to her um, quite a bit, actually, and um I went on my visit, and she was there. We did our visit together, and then Willa Albrecht from Billings. I don't know her as well as I know the other two, but um, I played against her um, at summer basketball camps, too. So I know I know the soon-coming freshmen from Montana pretty, pretty well, I'd say. You know, when it comes to, to that very thing and developing those relationships, uh, you know, for instance, Haley Heward just committed to the Lady Grizz today. She's out of Colorado, coming from the state of Colorado. But you see all this on Twitter, various social medias. Do you reach out and follow along, you know, on that stuff and, 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 and try and touch base with people who you haven't even met but that you're going to, you know, be teammates with here very soon? What 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 is that uh, like to do that? And maybe all of a sudden you're starting to make friends with this connection that, that was not even available, you know, 10 years ago yeah um i think it is really important just to touch base even um just a little simple conversation hey how's it going just to be friendly and open the door for conversations and i saw she committed today and so i told her congrats and i'm excited for her and um, i'm excited to get to know her but um yeah communication is important and um that the one great thing about basketball is, is there's you meet so many people and you have so many connections. So it's just really cool to see how that's all going to come into play. In terms of your uh, family ties, you're probably too young to have much memory of your aunts playing for the Lady Grizz, right? Yeah, but there are the one thing that I do remember. Um, I don't remember much, but I do remember the games always being loud and there being lots of people. And then I also used to always wear my Lady Grizz uh, cheer suit and I would always go up to Monty. So that's about all I can remember. And and Thanksgiving (laughs) story time, right? Where you get to hear about, you know, that 70-point game that you had, that she had, uh, you know, one day, all that kind of stuff. You get those too. (laughs) Yep. Well, Cheryl Keller, Julianne Keller, two of your aunts were two of the uh, great players that play for the Lady Grizz, both all Big Sky mm-hmm. talents. So uh, does does that come with an element of living up to the family name as you make your way to Missoula? Um, yeah, I'd say a little bit, yeah. And I just want to be the best player I can be, too. Um, um, there's always high standards, I think, but I think just um, – Putting it on yourself sometimes is a lot of pressure. So just be the best you can be, work as hard as you can, and um, it'll all pay off and the end results will be there. Yeah. Do you have any big goals between now and when you report? So I guess it's sort of uncertain when, you know, ca- campus is going to open back up and classes are going to start. But have, first of all, have they given you a tentative report date? And if so, what, what are some of the things you want to accomplish between now and then just on an individual basis? Um. 
yeah, we right now um, we're supposed to head down to Missoula August 5th. And um, my goal is just, uh, individual goals is just to get continually get better and continually see progress in every aspect of my game, just ball handling, shooting, um, strength and conditioning, just everything until I get there. And then um, I'll see what they that has in store down there too. But I think uh, your goal should just always be to get better and then, um, you can break down into your goals and uh, focus specifically on what you need to work on. But my main goal now is just to get better in every aspect of my game and be as prepared as I can be. Well, Kendall, we really appreciate your time. Congratulations on just a stellar high school career. We'll look forward to uh, following you in your college career with the Montana Lady Grizz. All right? We appreciate it. Yes, thank you guys so much. You bet. Kendall Keller. Have her blue pony, Montana Lady Grizz. Great kid, great to talk to, and uh, man, this is it's it's fun, man, to talk to these this this group of seniors that we've been able to talk to through this ongoing senior spotlight. I mean, the highlight, man, they keep just pumping out the talent. Who would have ever thought that this sparsely populated stretch of land mm-hmm. in northern Montana would just be this fertile ground for? Unbelievable women's basketball players. But that's, I mean, that's Robin Selvig's legacy, right? He's from Outlook, which is so far in the Northeast, it's not even on the high line. But he's done such a great job of, of cultivating that, and it now it's starting to pay dividends for a second and now third generation. I mean, I remember watching Julianne Keller, Kendall's aunt, when I was still maybe in high school. I mean, this was a, a while ago, but they were, uh, Kendall and Cheryl Keller were two of the, to the originals from Malta when Coach Selvig first opened up that pipeline. But then, you know, you had Greta Koss and Skyla Sisko, some of the great players ever in Lady Grizz history, all from Malta. And then what happens now? One of the great, one of the best players on the Lady Grizz right now, Sophia Styles, a generation later. Yep. And, you know, you, know, you have the Keller girls, and now all of a sudden their niece is going to come play for the Lady Grizz. And so um, the, the legacy that has been passed along – we're starting to see it now come back around for multiple generations. And uh, I think there's a distinct reason. I think that there's great programs up there. I mean, you ask people around the state, they tell you that Dustin Kraske is among, if not the best basketball coach in the state, period, in terms of high school basketball. He's done an awesome job. I mean, 67-3 and three over the last three years, that's pretty good. Doesn't lie. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a testament to the programs, the communities, and the tradition that they have. And I think Robin Selvig is kind of the godfather of all of that, but – you got to give credit to those towns too, because they continue to churn out the talent. Well, it, it's also the case that the Lady Grizz have gone through an an unprecedented down stretch, both in terms of the results on the floor and also the results off the floor and the firing of a coach for the first time, you know, in forty years, and and much of the the drama and controversy that has surrounded all that, and yet the program which was built was so strong that somebody like Kendall Keller goes, no, 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 no. I'm going to play for the University of Montana Lady Grizz. Yeah. That's it. That's all. Okay. I'm that's, that's what I want to do. And there are still, you know, a ton of young players uh, in the state. And now we're seeing, you know, even out of the state as well, who recognize what the, the continued strength of that program, and I hate the word, but it's true, the brand, that brand is, and and it is, you know, apparent when you talk to them. I mean, they still lead the league in attendance by a, a wide margin, right. right? Even with the struggles of the last couple of years. And, uh, 
You know, to me, a lot, a lot of the blueprint still remains the same. I know Coach Petrino, Mike Petrino, has uh, put a little bit of his own stamp on it, bringing in a couple transfer junior college players. Montana hasn't really gone down that route recruiting-wise in the past, but he's got to kind of got to fortify the ranks. But then Haley Heward committing today, uh, as you asked Kendall about, you know, a standout out of Valor Christian was one of the premier basketball programs in the state of Colorado. That's a good get for the Lady Grizz, too. But worth noting, what's Brock Heward's daughter. Brock Heward's daughter, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But... What is always going to be the bread and butter of the Lady Grizz is continuing to mine the pipeline that's that right. is the talent in Montana. Absolutely. And the thing that's going to be the key for Mike Petrino and his staff is cultivating that talent. Because it's just like we talk about with football. Wanting to be a part of the program is so important at these smaller schools because you're going to dedicate yourself to it. You've dreamt about it your whole life. You're going to go all in on it. But then you still have to develop the talent. I mean, Kendall Keller's a great player, obviously. Montana Gatorade Player of the Year. But it's still going to be a huge jump to be able to play in the Big Sky Conference. No That's been the missing link for the Lady Grizz. They've gotten the Montana Gatorade Player of the Year many times. I mean, Taylor Goligoski won the award twice. Sophia Styles won the award twice. And I think Sophia Styles still has a lot to be written in terms of the rest of her basketball career, but has not um, excelled at the level that, that people desired from her when she first got here. Injuries have played a huge part for sure. But that's just the, that's what Selvig did so well is bringing in the small town Highline girl who was a standout in Class A or Class B, and then turning them into an All Big Sky player. And I think that the class that Montana brought in, they have a couple young ladies that I think have that sort of potential. Now it's up to the individual, but as well as the coaching staff, to develop them into that All Conference caliber type player. It's two telling Nuanas. It's our senior spotlight. We do it around here every Thursday. Uh, our thanks again to Kendall Keller for joining us out of Haver, Montana. The senior spotlight brought to us in part by Blaine McElmurray of McElmurray Homes. Blaine McElmurray is a small town guy yes, as well. He, is. he came from Troy, Montana. He knows all about what you can achieve through hard work as an athlete from a small Montana town. One of only a couple guys to ever come from Troy to play for the Grizzlies. He became an All-American safety at Montana, was a captain on the 1995 National Championship team, and spent time in the NFL. He's used those values in his work with McElmary Homes in Missoula, Missoula's highest quality custom residential construction company. Since 2003, Blaine McElmary and McElmary Homes has helped contract and subcontract some of the Garden City's finest homes. McElmary Homes is committing committed to offering quality customer service, quality products, and the best prices throughout any project. And McElmary Homes proud to support local high school athletes around the state of Montana. Is it just me, or does Tiger look like he's having trouble bending at the waist? At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more. Tony Finau on top of the heap at the Memorial Tournament. Tigers back. Can be understood in two different ways. Tiger returned and also Tigers actually back. 
That wow. was your Burn Street Bistro <laughs> Burn of the Week. That was quick. Don't, set up don't worry, it wasn't. Don't that, worry, that, it wasn't. Uh, that's what Ryan thinks of Tiger. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's actually true. Uh, <laughs> but here's the thing. Tiger's one under right now, Coulter at the Memorial. Yeah. I don't know if you saw any of this today. I did not. It was... It was... It was... Uh, it was obvious. When he's putting... He he is not bending like he's not bending over. I mean, I, I said it a million times on the show, man. He had reconstructive back surgery. I know, but it's just dude's got to do yoga for a month straight to be able to do anything. I don't know. I don't know how it's ever going to get any better. It's not going to get better as he gets older. No, but I mean, he, you can see him going out there. Like it's one thing to go out there and swing and kind of be like you're still bent over when you swing, but you're more upright when you swing the longer clubs and driver right, and all right, that kind right. of stuff. But. I saw him try and lay a club down on the ground, and he got about halfway there and then just dropped it. And when he's putting, it's it's completely... Bad posture. It's bad, man. And it's you You got to think that it's tough to putt that way. I mean, he's so talented. He could putt with one hand and, you know, be better than anybody that you would ever come across. But nonetheless, so when you're talking about, you know, PGA level, I just don't know how he goes out there and does it. And this is like... Last year, when he was playing, he looked good. And this year, or at least today, it was obvious, man. It was it was really really bad. So he still shot one under, played you know decently well. It's not like it was you know something something you know terrible in terms of the result on the golf course. But it wasn't. I don't know how you go out there and compete week in and week out if that's what's going on right now. His uh, medical struggles have been well chronicled, and uh, I mean, I think it just sort of is what it is. It's not really that surprising at this point, but I do think it's a little bit of a microcosmic example of something that we need to keep our eyes on as pro sports um, steadily return, because so many athletes, they live in giant metropolitan areas that have been been severely affected by the quarantine. Right. And I I think that there's this assumption that all pro athletes are just like these multimillionaires that have these mansions that just have all the amenities at their disposal. I I, I referenced that J.J. Redick podcast I was listening to earlier this week. J.J. Redick has made so much money playing in the NBA. He's had an unbelievably successful NBA career. Even he was talking about, man, I I have been struggling, struggling, struggling to find any gym time. You know, it's not as if he just has a gym in has his a house. Court at his house, right? Right. So he's like, I'm trying to go to like 24 hour fitness late night and shoot, but then all of a sudden all the gyms get closed down. So where do I shoot? So I'm like hitting up some of my old teammates. Like, can I come see you do some workouts? But they're like, no, bro, I don't want you coming to my house with my family. Like if you're coming from LA for, or New Orleans or something, like we're not doing that. And so the access has been limited. So I expect, I think that the guys that have a plan, and that have taken care of it, they have a chance to come in in as good or even better shape. And I think that's something that the NBA we might see. You know, guys that have maximized this break, it could be a great break. They could be fresh. They could be ready to roll. But also there could be guys that are incredibly rusty or guys that maybe had lingering injuries who weren't able to rehab them at the top level. Tiger has more money than anybody. So I can't imagine he doesn't have someone coming to his Tiger house. Tiger could buy the Mets. I mean, he could buy, he could buy whatever he wants. But he... I would be shocked if he doesn't have, you know, a massage person, a physical therapist, oh, an acupuncturist, sure. everybody yep. coming to his house all the time. But still, that's that's what I'm saying, though. 
even if you do have all that, you still might be a little bit rusty or stiff coming back to competition after you've been quarantined, no matter what your situation is. But most guys don't have the resources that Tiger Woods has. I want to come back to that NBA concept in the next segment because I think that it's uh, an interesting one to analyze. But uh, as it pertains to the here and now, as I mentioned, Tony Finau leading the pack at six under, and uh, there's... Uh, I don't know, a group of people that are sort of behind him. Big wind out there today with very tough conditions all the way around. But I also wanted to talk to you because I I figured something out, I think, Coulter. Okay. You've asked me. This is going to be such a bad take. You've asked me why. No, it's not. Okay, I'm ready. You've asked me why I don't like Brian DeChambeau. Bryson DeChambeau. That's what I said. And... uh. It's not just because he reminds me of Sean Rainey. <laughs> now, you got to go to Twitter, at Sean Rainey. Follow at Sean Rainey to appreciate that comment, okay? I mean, I'll t- I'll He's my this. guy. You know I'm dear friend. I'll tell you this. Sean uh, Rainey. Uh, any, any and every media guy you ever want to reference in relation to Bryson DeChambeau needs to uh, start hitting the old weight room if they want to be like Bryson. Because no, Bryson's about as stacked as they come you, for a, a PGA golfer. The weight room and the drive through midnight fast food run. He's he's in bulking season, certainly. He is. I, I've been there, Bryson, 10 years worth. Bryson DeChambeau today, do you know what he did? He hit a 420-something yard drive. 426. Yeah. 426. Had 47 yards to go on a 480-yard par 4 or whatever it was. I mean, by the way, he did make birdie on that hole. Congratulations yeah, to the, him. Uh, one of the funniest highlights of the, um, of the summer so far is uh, PGA – Especially uh, in the, during the weekend, you're only playing with one other guy, so it's just twosomes. You're yep. walking. Yeah, the tee times are not. It's not like playing at the old municipal course, right? The tee times are 15 minutes apart, so you're never playing into somebody almost ever. There's no there's no situation where you're waiting for this group to hit ahead of you. They're on the green when you're on the box at the minimum. Mostly they're on the next box when you're on. But um, who's your boy, John Rom? John Rom was putting on a hole. Putting for par, DeChambeau's on the tee box. He just hits this missile that <laughs> flies over Rom's head, goes yes. over the green. And he looks. Rom's looking. He, he looks back. World? He goes, what, "What's going on? They're hitting into me. This is the PGA Tour. Why? What's <laughs> to be hitting into me?" He realizes he's on the box. So Rom's eyes are just the size of saucers, and DeChambeau just gives him a salute and puts yep. the driver back in the bag. It's like, man, this is something like we've never seen before. There's been some grip at rip it guys. There's not been dudes who are driving the ball over the green that the group in front of them is on and, like, causing <laughs> hysteria within the midst of a tournament. Uh, so in with all that said, those are the reasons that you think that I should like Bryson DeChambeau because he absolutely gets up there and just, I mean, nobody rips at this thing harder this today. I mean, I, mean, right I don't now, know. If nobody. Any, I don't know if anybody's ever ripped it harder, man. Well, who, hits, who hits the ball? In, like there's long drive guys that are like specialists. Yeah. That do like the long drive competitions and stuff like that. Who has ever hit the ball like this, though, dude? Uh, Well, I I think everybody that played before the advent of non-bamboo sticks, you know, some of those guys really hammering just actual oak (laughs) golf driver heads with actual screws in them. Yeah, sure. But in any case, that's all well and good. Here's my problem. Here's my problem. You ready? I can't wait. Now, in this this day and age, the sentence is going to be taken horribly out of context, okay? But you know I hate science. 
and I hate <laughs> I hate science insofar as it doesn't stay in its lane and just assess the physical nature of the universe. It has to go ahead and pretend like it can deliver some sort of truth values or some sort of epistemological realities about what this all means. Okay? It can't. It delivers facts, not truth. That's what science does. Okay? Stay in your lane, science. You're great at what you do. Don't try and do other things that you don't do. Bryson DeChambeau is the scientist of golf. He is sabermetricizing golf. What is happening in baseball, he is doing it to golf. He is taking what was and will always be the artist's picture and trying to make it the science picture, and he's ruining the game. That was your Burn Street Bistro Burn of the Week. Man, you got this all wrong. I don't I, have it I, wrong. I, I, I have I, it completely I, right. I, I get the, the 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 physics aspect of it, and that part of it is, is it's here nor there to me. What do you mean it's here? That's the entire basis of everything he does. All the clubs the same length, the whole thing. I get it, but just take it for what it's worth, man. It's a dude that swings so hard. It's it's one of the most comically entertaining things that I have seen in uh, so it's something truly new that we have not seen in a sport like golf. I, one of the I was going to ask you this question actually yes. during my soul searching of trying to figure out why I don't like baseball anymore. <laughs> one of the number one things that I came up with though is that. Everybody looks the same. Everybody's swing is the same. That, Everybody's no. th- th- there's there's a little bit of delineation, but there's not the dudes like when you go watch Pete Rose hit. Pete Rose is not, that's not how you would teach somebody to hit. He's also the greatest hitter of Jose all time. Jose Altuve and Manny Machado and Aaron Judge couldn't Sh- be more different. The- but like the fundamentals of the swing, it's just like the fundamentals of the basketball shot. There, there is a little bit of stylistic difference in individuals. There has to be. Everybody's a unique person. Yeah. But there's not a Hideo Nomo out there in the big leagues right now. There's yeah. not an Ichiro Suzuki that's a just Vlad. slap singles. You know, there's not a Vladimir Guerrero, a Rod Carew, a Tony Gwynn. But the thing about that, I was actually thinking about this when it comes to golf. Golf is even more homogenized. Part of it is because, as you're referencing, actually, physics and science and the angles and all that. It, it, there is just a there's a correct way to swing a golf club, but uh, during one of my late night uh, in, in bouts of insomnia, I was with my uh, my good buddy Kyle Sample, and we were watching the uh, 1974 U.S. Open. If you think golf is entertaining to watch now, I mean golf now is you know every once in a while a guy might hit it in the right rough, but it's fairway green. Hit it. Do you make the putt or not? How many birdie putts can you make? That's yeah. what it is. And it's amazing to watch their consistency. It's unbelievable. But you don't have any of the the hilarity of, you know, tin cup situations. We're watching the 1974 <laughs> U.S. Open. You're talking about Arnold Palmer versus... Um, Jack Nicholas. Jack Nicholas versus um, Lee Trevino. Yeah. Some of the greatest golfers of all time. These dudes are hitting like two fairways around. The commentators don't even know where the ball's going. It's just assaulting the gallery. I swear to you, Arnold Palmer did not hit a fairway the entire round that we watched. He's hitting shots like me and you. The most amazing part, though, is then he gets over here. He just ripped a 280-yard drive on the other fairway, and he gets over here with some five wood made out of metal and trees Yep, and puts it on the green, but they don't ever put it close. They don't spin it like these guys and give themselves four-foot birdie putts. 
They got 60-foot birdie putts. That's the most amazing part about it, though. Every single one of these guys is just one-putting, like miniature golf style from 75 feet away and just reeling it in. They're chasing down the putts as they do it. It was, But the, the entertainment value is so um, phenomenal. So my question for you, though, is I know that you don't like the Bryson DeChambeau Physics that he's trying to promote. There's one other thing, but yes. But but I do think that we're starting to see a little bit of a renaissance of guys having a little bit more unorthodox styles when it comes to playing golf. Do you do you think that's something that's good for the game? I do because I do too. I do. I think I think it is. And you said that you were getting more and more. There's a right way to hit a to have a golf swing. That is true. Like there is the 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 Louis Oosthuizen. Like, if you can do that, you're going to be a great golfer right. swinging the golf club type of deal. But I also think that golf has proliferated in terms of what's more importantly than hitting the right golf swing is hitting a repeatable golf swing, right? It's doing the same thing exactly. every time, and it doesn't have to look the same. It, it's the reg- for a lot of guys, it doesn't look it's the, the same. Miller, it's the Reggie Miller theory, right? Reggie Miller has always said, because people told Reggie Miller he had an ugly yeah, shot. He yeah. said it doesn't matter what it looks like as long as it looks the same every That's time. Right. That's right. I mean, Bubba Watson, right? I mean, he, yeah. he's not just because he's lefty. I mean, he's got a weird-looking yeah, swing. Uh, the other thing, though, that bothers me about the Shambo, this is just you know personal, but like every time that, that he hits a bad shot, he looks... As if it's not his fault. It's a hundred percent your fault. You know how I know? It can only be your fault. Yeah, By the yeah, way, yeah. this is completely hypocritical because when I hit a bad shot, I am. You know, is it the sun? Is it the air? Is it the grass? Can't be me. Couldn't be my fault that that thing went over here into the tall grass. No, it had to be something else. But like, you're a professional, man. Like, enough with this. Like, just accept the fact that you that you didn't do it. As Kevin Van Valkenburg excellently tweeted, when he looks off and can't comprehend how the math did it, got him wrong again. Yes. <laughs> So I'm no, so interested. Hard pass on so Bryson I'm, I'm so, I, I, One thing that I have really gone through as a golfer is when I first started pl- playing seriously in my uh, mid twenties, I, I was the guy that was trying to and often successfully hit the ball farther than anybody that I ever played with. But that also came with a lot of error, a lot of error, a lot of out of bounds, a lot of lost balls, a lot of snowmen on the s- scorecard. Mm-hmm. And as you evolve as a golfer, you realize. Hitting it straight is a lot more important than hitting it far. But also, no matter how far you hit your first shot, it's very rare that you're ever going to actually hit it on the green from the box unless it's on a par three. So it's all about how close you hit your second shot and what sort of opportunities you give yourself for birdie and par, right? So my whole thought with DeChambeau, though, is if you can drive greens on par fours, that's a definitive weapon. No question. There's no way you can debate that. But I'm watching the highlight of him hitting this 426-yard drive He's 46 yards from the pin, but his science doesn't work from 46 yards. That's away. right. He his his you chip have, there looks like you and me. Like it's yeah. not he's not diamond it up. Whereas if he would have had a you know 150 or 120 yards, he could plunk it right down and give himself away. I mean he he's working for this birdie even though he hit a 426 yard drive. That's right. That's the irony of it all, right? Is you would rather be. Jim Furyk, 280 down the middle, 175, two feet from the pin, tap her in, birdie, next one, right? And so that's the, the most fascinating part. Because, again, being able to drive the green on a par four is a definitive weapon because then you can get two-putt birdies. But that's so rare. It's so few and far between. I just don't know 
hitting the ball 100 yards farther than everybody else, it doesn't get you that much in, in, if you're not sticking the second one and making the putts. Well, and it's 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 if you don't play, it's hard to understand. But there's it's it's a weird thing to get up there and swing absolutely as hard as you can with everything you got in your body, and then try and have delicate touch on the next shot. Exactly. Um, okay, enough golf. I know, and everybody's into it. I don't know how. I think everybody should get into it. If you're into um, social distancing. Well, if you're into social distancing <laughs> and if you're into individual rivalries, you're into distinctly different characters, and you're into gambling, golf. Yeah, well, yeah, that covers all of it. Uh, it's 2 Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Quick break. The bubble. The NBA is in it. How much time will it take for players who couldn't play to get rust off, or will they be able to right after this? Hey, speaking of golf... It is primetime golf season in the state of Montana, and there is one place that is your primetime golf destination. That is the Canyon River Golf Club. Out there in East Missoula, one of the great settings for a golf course. It is in perfect, pristine condition, 18 championship holes, sitting along the Clark Fork River in the mountain valleys, meticulously manicured, every green, every fairway, all the grass. It is absolutely as good as it gets out there. Visit CanyonRiverGolfClub.com online. You can book tee times online. You can even get great deals online. Save yourself a little bit of money. It's only $49 to play a round of golf at the Canyon River Golf Club. I mean, that's an unbelievably uh, a reasonable greens fee for the type of golf course that you have out there. Shoot, you could even maybe look at buying a house. Why not while you're out there? I'm interested. I'm in the market. You know, give me a Canyon River house. You want to go in on that? You, me, and a couple of our friends, we could do that, Coulter. In any case, you've been inside too much. Get outside, play some golf, go to the Canyon River Golf Club and online at canyonrivergolfclub.com. Gus, the first meal I had outside my own home following the quarantine was at your house. Brought over a bunch of meat. I brought over my Alpine Touch, but I didn't bring it home. I forgot it at your place. Our first meal was made better, as every meal is made better, by Alpine Touch on basically everything. I put Alpine Touch hickory smoke on my cereal in the morning. <laughs> it's it's reached that level of usage. And the fact that you left it, I knew that you left it at my house. You brought it over, left it at my house. And like a real jerk, I said nothing to you because I was like, well, that's mine, dude. That's it. You came to my house. You left it in my house. And I'm eating all of it. We've gotten so far into this Alpine Touch obsession, I think, that I actually think we might be able to host a podcast about all the things that you can make with Alpine Touch. It would be short. Everything. (laughs) They have a bunch of different varieties of spices, as we know. Uh, They are local from the state of Montana. Shoto, shout out, original Alpine Touch. And it's great when it's not just local, when it's not just supporting the state of Montana, but when it's also actually the best thing that you can get. I mean, when it comes to spices, uh, it's second to none. So, boys and girls, use your Alpine Touch. Colter, tell them where they can get it. AlpineTouch.com, no matter where you're at in the entire world listening to this, if you are in the United States of America and you make an order of over $50, which, you know, if you get yourself the Grand Slam and maybe some barbecue sauce some sunflower seeds, you're there. Free shipping anywhere in the United States of America right now. Uh, so go to AlpineTouch.com. They're rolling out all their summer Big Mountain flavor packages. The sunflower shoots are really, really good as well. Alpine Touch has got you covered. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice.
long would it take you to knock the rust off in a bubble? Good question. Tell New Honors, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Hi. How are you? Nice to see you all out there. We appreciate you. Uh, we are uh, not just on the air. We're also on the internet. You can go check us out on the uh, World Wide Web, 1029ESPN.com. You can listen live on the stream anytime. The stream is available thanks to Opportunity Bank. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. If you'd also like to listen after hours or before hours, as the case may be, whatever suits your schedule, check out the podcast, Two Tell Anyone's Podcast. Rate, review, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts on all your favorite platforms. The uh, Two Tell Anyone's Podcast brought to us by Blackfoot and Alpine Touch. Coulter, uh, you were talking about, look, it's just not a foregone conclusion that every NBA basketball player has a, a home gym that they can just work out in just like they're at a practice facility. In fact, most do not. Uh, so now the NBA has migrated to Orlando and they are for the most part in the bubble practicing and preparing for a season, which is set to begin on July 31st. We're still a couple weeks away, but for guys who haven't either chosen to, or in many cases, maybe been able to keep themselves in either basketball shape, both maybe from a cardiovascular side, but really from a skill side. I mean, I think that's the thing that, that people maybe don't pay attention to as much is that if you do something all the time, every single day, work at it, work at it, work at it, and then all of a sudden for some reason can't, when you come back to it, it feels so awkward. It feels very weird. So awkward, man. And, and like, so I, people don't understand like Steve Kerr's whole theory on shooting. He always says to shoot 45% during a season, like Steve Kerr did consistently, to shoot yeah, 45% for his, yeah. for, for his career, which is the highest percentage in the history of the NBA by Steve Kerr. Yeah. He said, I estimated, and I would track every single three-pointer I took in any situation, whether I was shooting by myself or in practice. He said, I estimated I needed to shoot between 92 and 95% from three to be able to do that in the NBA in an Crazy. NBA game. And Think of that, 95 out of 100 threes. That said, though, there is time to get to get it back. And even though it might be awkward and even bad, like to start with, obviously it will regenerate very quickly in players like these. And I would think that Coulter by the thirty first of July that we're going to be at a, at a at a pretty high level. Like, do you think that all of a sudden, just across the board, it's going to be seven percent worst field goal percentage for you know for the for the rest of the season for the first week of this season coming out of this break I, I don't really think that I don't really think that because I think that they've had enough time together to get to shake a lot of the rust off I do think that while most guys don't have gyms they've figured out ways to get access to gyms to at least a certain extent I also think that it's going to be cumulative across the board not only will everybody be a little bit rusty, but the defensive rotations will be a little bit slow at first. The chemistry will be a little, yeah. little bit slow. The ball swing a little slower. So it'll all work out. It's not Everybody's not just going to shoot 7% lower because they're going to get easier shots and, and a variety of other things. One thing I think is, is interesting as we wrap up here on a Thursday afternoon, but when basketball season starts normally, it's in the heart of football season. Right. And you might catch a game or two here or there, but by and large, the, the sports watching public is invested in football and the World Series around, you know, baseball's winding up and everything like that the last couple of weeks of October. 
everyone's going to be watching this, and it's going to be it, – it, maybe there is a definitive drop in skill that sort of goes unnoticed at the start of a normal season that we will witness because everybody is seeing it now. And it, it is effectively – it's a de facto start of a year right sure. now with the break that they've had. And I wonder if that will be noticeable, like, as we watch and go, oh, wow, okay, yeah, like, they need more time playing to, like, Look like it's the NBA again. No question. There'll be a couple guys that don't have the same pep in their step, and you'll be able to notice it. We'll talk more about this tomorrow. Carolyn, the chick who doesn't know sports, is always on a Friday. Boys and girls, happy Thursday, ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now. If you visit msubookstore.org, free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.